1: this is The Other Side of Midnight. All right. We are uh, just a moment or two away from commendations, but my view is, you know, if people are kind enough to call in and uh, wait on hold, I should uh, at least give you an opportunity to be heard. Right. Uh, so we're going to do that at 800-848-9222, and then uh, for anybody that would like to respond, we will get to you after. Commendations. Meantime, let me say hello to Mickey in Staten Island. The Mick. Hello. How are you doing, Frank? I am uh, just doing uh, dandy. I'm better, happier than a cat with a laser pointer. OK, uh, quick uh,
0: question that I had was um, if uh, any of Trump's cases got to the Supreme Court, would the uh, three justices that he Appointed, Would they have to recuse themselves?
1: Well, no. Uh, the answer is no. I mean, we've had um, justices rule on cases affecting presidents that appointed them before, and generally mm-hmm. they haven't. Usually the only way you, that you get one of these justices to recuse themselves is if they have... A personal business interest, or formerly had a personal financial interest in one of the um in one of the parties like for instance if uh the law firm that one of the justices used to be a part of is representing one of the parties, they would probably you know, recuse themselves from that case. But ultimately, it's also up to the justices. So if you have a justice that may not want to make that decision, maybe they would use recusal as an excuse. But I doubt it because, honestly, I think it would look so bad. I mean, the Supreme Court is a very collegial body. The justices, they are very—they're in touch with one another. They're meeting behind closed doors. And I I don't see how Gorsuch could recuse himself and not have uh, not have the other two Trump appointees uh, Kavanaugh yeah. and um, you know Eb- Amy Coney Barrett also recuse themselves. So I don't see any way that the three of them would recuse themselves.
0: Right. All right. I because it wasn't didn't uh, Sotomayor refuse to recuse herself. Uh,
1: yeah, and, and and that's thing? the thing. Ultimately, you're the judge of whether or not you should recuse. And uh, sometimes if a judge in, at a lower court level makes an improper decision on recusal, you can always appeal. Right. But with the Supreme Court, if they decide they don't want to appeal, that's it. That's it. They're done. They're done.
0: It, it just said uh, I, the Republicans tend to go
1: along uh, with the uh, what they feel is the law. And the uh, liberal uh, Democrats, uh, they, they hold their ground. Yeah, um, I mean, look, I, I think you could point to plenty of cases on the other side of that. I mean, I think a lot of left-leaning people would uh, point to the fact that they just overturned Roe versus Wade and uh, the, the prior Supreme Court precedent of the yeah. Roe versus Wade decision. And they'd say that's a pretty good example of conservatives standing their ground. So I uh, I, I think, there, it, uh, you know, the old phrase is so true when it comes to politics and the Supreme Court. Where you stand really does depend on where you sit. Right? But no, I don't see any of them recusing themselves. 800 Joe's in the Bronx. Hi, Joe. Hey, Frank. How are you? I am just dandy. Thank you. Better than a squirrel in a peanut paradise.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it, my question is this um, If Trump's immunity holds, he claims he has complete immunity, having been the president. Can he still be convicted on any grounds in any of these cases?
1: Well, yeah, the state, the state cases, right? I mean, um, that's uh, it's a very, and that's one of the reasons that I that I asked these guys that question. But yeah, there would be nothing that stopped him from g- getting prosecuted in the Alvin Bragg case, although that has got its own separate problems, or the uh, or the Georgia case. Yes, he could absolutely still be brought in the uh, in the state cases. Okay, and there's nothing that can be done for the state
0: cases. I mean, the Supreme Court being the final arbiter, uh, you know, the buck stops there. Um, There's nothing that can be done. From that height, well, of there the absolutely Court?
1: there absolutely can be right because if he's convicted in Georgia, let's say, or even if there's a an issue on a pretrial motion in Georgia, then uh, it, and he it doesn't go his way, he can appeal that uh, that decision, and ultimately, if the the appeals keep going, they'll make their way up to the Supreme Court. So if he can find a constitutional law violation, and I'm sure his attorneys will be able to find that, then. I'm sure there will be a case that the Trump team will make, if he's convicted, that the Supreme Court should review that conviction. I, I, think, I think that's, even though they're state cases, yeah, I think it's very likely that the Supreme Court could end up hearing them, uh, some or all of them. Robert's in Suffolk. Hi, Robert.
0: Hi, Frank. No one is talking about uh, possible 8th Amendment violations against excessive fines by Tish James suing Trump under this fraud law? The only people who were subject to fines of this magnitude were actually convicted criminals like Ivan Boesky and Michael Milken.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Robert, obviously I can't speak to that, but I, I think you probably will see uh, that be – well, I don't want to say probably. You may see that be one of the cases, one of the instances they raised on appeal. Although, uh, according to Luthman, he doesn't think they get past the uh, appellate division on the um, on this case, even if it doesn't go Trump's way. So we'll see. All right. Without further delay, it is time for The Other Side of Midnight presents Commendations. Let me begin with a posthumous commendation uh, for someone that was—if you're a New York radio fan, or even not just a New York radio fan for the last couple of decades, a fan of uh, compelling conversation on the radio in general— You know who Ralph Sorella is. Now, if you've never listened to The Howard Stern Show before, you you may not know who Ralph Sorella is. Ralph Sorella was Howard Stern's stylist and one of his best friends, if not his closest friend... And he was a regular part of the show. He's basically a cast member on the show. Would call in just about every day. Was always involved in a lot of show bits. A lot of times back in the days when they used to have um, women come into the studio and uh, get naked. And these guys would evaluate how good the women looked. Ralph made that one of his sort of claims to fame. Is that he was a very uh, tough judge of how these beautiful women looked. He unfortunately has uh, passed away at the age of 58 years old due to uh, after a battle with a rare lymphoma I never met Ralph but because I've been listening to him for I guess maybe the last 24 25 years n- no more than more than that uh, I, yeah no about 25 years I'd say I felt like I knew him as much as you could feel like you knew ralph there was always a lot of mystery about him uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people claim that he was gay a lot of people just uh, claim that he was weird you never know but i felt because i heard his voice so much for the last quarter century that uh, that i knew him which i did not but that's the nature of voices on the radio you bring someone into your home or into your car or into your bedroom at the most intimate moments of your life and you really feel like you get to know them. So I feel like I uh I feel like I lost a friend even though I didn't in uh, Ralph Sorella's passing. So posthumous commendation to him. I must also give a posthumous commendation No, excuse me. God forbid. Not posthumous at all. Let me give a commendation to Peter Park of Tulare, California. A teenager from Tulare County in California has become the youngest Person ever to pass the California bar exam at 17 years old. Can you imagine? He received his test results on November 9th after taking the exam in July. He turned 18 in November. Can you imagine? Peter Park, um, again, this is just an incredibly extraordinary thing. At age 13, he began high school and simultaneously enrolled in a four-year JD program at Northwestern California University School of Law. He graduated and is now a law clerk with the Tulare County District Attorney. Something tells me this young man has an incredibly bright future, and I can't imagine how proud his parents must be of him. So, Peter Park, I do commend you. I must also commend Wayne Murray. You ever hear the phrase, it's better to be lucky than good? Sometimes that's true. In fact, that's oftentimes true. And someone who should have that emblazoned on his tombstone is Wayne Murray of Brooklyn, New York. He has claimed a $10 million lottery prize for the second time in about a year. Can you imagine? Wayne Murray of Brooklyn won the top prize in the New York Lottery's 200-time scratch-off game. And uh, on Tuesday, he received a single lump sum payment of $6.1 million after required withholding. That's the same amount he took home after claiming the $10 million top prize on the lottery's Black Titanium game in August of last year. He bought both winning tickets at a gas station. I've actually been to this gas station on Avenue H in Brooklyn. I never thought to buy a lottery ticket there, but now maybe I will. He said, "After the win, it feels very humbling and liberating." Hey, there's still one more $10 million prize unclaimed for the $20 a ticket game, so be sure to check check your tickets if you have any. The odds of winning the top prize are about one in three and a half million, according to the lottery. This guy won it twice. Can you imagine? All right, I want to uh, commend Brenda Lee. Brenda Lee, you know the great song Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree? It's a a terrific Christmas anthem. People have been listening to it for 65 years, but not as much as they are these days because Brenda Lee is topping the Billboard charts 65 years after the debut of her hit Christmas song. Can you imagine? She has usurped... Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you. 65 years after Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree debuted, Brenda Lee is number one on the Billboard music charts. And there was a video recently celebrating the 65th anniversary of this song. And she spoke about the humble beginnings of her music, or of her career in music, noting she got her start by singing gospel music in church. She just sounds like a very... Nice lady, and I'm glad uh, that she is still alive to see this, you know. I'm glad she's able to still to, still alive to be able to see this come to pass. I want to commend the word Riz. Are you familiar with the word Riz? I have to be honest, I never heard of it. It's a word that is it's maybe the one thing in 2023 that Taylor Swift didn't win. It's a word that's slang. For Charisma. It's a slang term that describes a person's ability to um, attract a partner or just be charismatic in general. And this word is Oxford's, the Oxford Dictionary's 2023 word of the year. The Gen Z slang term derived from charisma went viral this year after actor Tom Holland claimed to have none. The word has taken off like wildfire. So if you ever find yourself in a group of young people and you want to fit in, throw the word riz around there. That's what they say, apparently, the young people. I want to commend pra- Pragnandaha and Valshal Ramesh Bubu. Uh, I'm sorry if I pronounced Mr. Babu's first name incorrectly, but the Ramesh Bubu Siblings are the first brother and sister pair ever to become chess grandmaster. Can you imagine? Um, Vaishal, Vaishali, I should say, is only 22 years old. She became only the third woman in India to earn the title, but she's not the first person in her family to achieve this. Her brother became one of the youngest grandmasters in history in 2018 at the age of 12. So together, the siblings have become the first brother and sister duo to become grandmasters. That's according to chess.com. Very, very impressive. My brother is a great chess player. He even does these chess lessons from time to time. He's very good. But he's not getting grandmaster status anytime soon, I don't believe. And I can assure you, even if he does, none of his three siblings are are joining him in that. I want to commend wasabi. I love wasabi. I put it on everything. I, I One of my favorite moments of getting a really great sashimi dinner, maybe we'll do that tonight, is to get a little wasabi, throw it on there, or at least throw it in the soy sauce, and then dab the fish into the wasabi soy sauce, and then have my nose just feel inflamed. The hotter, the better. I love it. Well, now, a recent study investigated the impact that 6-MSITC, a compound found in wasabi, has on cognitive functions in older adults. Over 12 weeks, participants took either this compound, which is in wasabi, or a placebo. And results showed significant improvements in working and episodic memory in the 6-MSITC group. Though no improvements in other cognitive areas. So the study is the first to demonstrate the potential benefits of this compound on memory functions in healthy seniors. This is all I need to hear. I take a lot of pride in my memory. And my greatest fear is my losing it. I am going to be putting wasabi on even more stuff now. I'm going to put wasabi on my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches now. All right, I want to commend Peach Fuzz. Peach Fuzz is Pantone's 2023 color of the year. The world's authority on color has spoken, and Pantone, the Pantone Color Institute named their color of the year Peach Fuzz. Peach fuzz is a velvety peach tone that's meant to represent our desire to nurture ourselves and others and whose all-embracing spirit enriches mind, body, and soul. Well-deserved. Well-deserved on the part of peach fuzz. Penultimately, I want to commend the Republican National Committee, and this is not a group I'm in the habit of commending, but they have finally ended this idiotic prohibition. On presidential candidates participating in debates. They were saying that if uh, Ramaswamy wanted to debate Chris Christie on Fox News or Newsmax or CNN, they couldn't do it. That's a violation of their debate rule. Finally, none of these people that have a chance of being the nominee anyway are now going to be able to go on radio shows, to go on TV, and set up their own debates in addition to whatever the RNC is sanctioning. This is long overdue. And I really, you know, whatever you think of Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney McDaniel, the chairperson of the RNC, I think she has so botched the handling of the debates for this primary process that I don't know how the Republicans keep her around after this. Because everything has been handled wrong, I think. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what sort of odd combinations, particularly between now and the Iowa caucuses or the New Hampshire primary, what odd combinations of candidates end up debating. And finally, I want to commend Ellie Gianelli, a California teenager who launched a holiday drive to send Knox uh, excuse me, to send socks to nursing homes to keep the elderly warm. So there are now dozens of people across the country getting socks for Christmas, but unlike people that might have been disappointed when they were six, they couldn't be happier about it. L. G- Giannelli of Stockton, California, has been making these colored socks with silly designs on them for years, and she sends them to seniors in nursing and care homes to brighten up their day. And it all started... From this very, very close relationship that she had with her grandmother, which instilled the value of spending time with the elders. So this high school junior started the project Socks for Seniors all the way back in the seventh grade and has so far spruced up 92 care homes in 48 states. And she's made a lot of pen pals along the way. I think this is wonderful. And uh, if you want to give her some money, um, she's using it to buy sock material and so far, she's achieved ninety-five percent of her goal. You know, just go and uh, search on GoFundMe, uh, socks the number four seniors. I really love that. You know, I'd love to do a drive, and maybe I will do this one day. Maybe I'll do this next year. A drive to get radios for senior citizens in um, in senior facilities, because I think that's something that can definitely help. People that might be experiencing loneliness and dealing with different things. I think that really a radio is, I think, a wonderful gift. And unfortunately, you have a lot of people that may have radios that they don't want anymore. And there's a lot of seniors that I think would be would love to have it. So she's this woman or the young woman, it's a teenager, has really inspired me to maybe do a, a radios for seniors drive of some sort. All right. Um, If you want to comment on anyone I have commended or react to any of my commendations, you are welcome to give me a call at 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano.
0: side of midnight with Frank Morano long time ago in Bethlehem so the Holy Bible say, Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. Hark now, hear the angels sing, a new king born today. And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. While shepherds watch their flock by night Them see a bright new shining star Them hear a choir sing The music seem to come from afar
1: Ah, the great Harry Our Belafonte. Joseph Is there anyone right with a greater voice Our than King Harry Belafonte? King I think not. Night. Mary's Boy Child, a great song, not only around Christmas time, but anytime. This is a phenomenal song, uh, Mary's Boy Child. Going to get to your uh, calls in a moment. Speaking of um, a boy child, I uh, really enjoyed this weekend. You know, I had a lot of social engagements this weekend. On Friday, we uh, had. Uh, my cousin come over for the menorah lighting, and then uh, my neighbor came over for a drink, and then I went out. W- w- my neighbor stayed home with uh, Rachel, and they at least began the watching of Home Alone with the pizza. And then I went out and uh, met my two siblings, three siblings. Well, I met two of them. Claudia dri- drove me, and then we met my other two siblings to surprise my brother, Nick, for his birthday. And we went out on the town in Brooklyn on Friday, had a great time. And then Saturday we drove all the way out to Long Island for, you know, my, uh, my in-laws Christmas slash Hanukkah celebration. And then on Sunday we had a surprise brunch for my brother at my dad's where we celebrated his birthday. It was kind of a milestone birthday and, uh, it was a great time But it was a little bit disruptive to my son's schedule. He ended up staying up a little later than usual on Friday. And on Saturday night, he just slept miserably, absolutely miserably. He was up with my wife around 4 o'clock in the morning and then up with me at 6.15 Then got up again around a quarter to eight, finally, for the day. He was just having a rough time. Then didn't really take a proper nap at my dad's. You know, it's tough being in all these different environments and everything. He was was overtired. And sometimes, you know, people that don't have children, they say, oh, well, he usually goes to bed at 7.30 or 8. Oh, that's no big deal if he stays up till 9.30. He'll just sleep later the next day. Well, not our son. I mean, maybe other people have had that experience. Uh, we have absolutely not had that experience. It felt so bad for him that he was so upset and uh, so tired. You could tell he was so, so tired, and he's usually he usually has such a wonderful disposition, and he is so friendly, but he was very cranky because he was so exhausted. So hopefully, I'm hoping that uh, I don't get any text messages from my wife during the show that he's up in the middle of the night again, But um, we'll see. He He had a rough weekend. And I'll tell you, you know, I am, you know, I realize that when we put him to bed, we have to let him stay in bed, including if he's crying. But I have a much tougher time doing that now that he can talk versus when he was a baby. Because, you know, I put him to bed last night and I kept my door a little bit open so that one of the two cats that was hanging out in there could get out, and I keep his door a little bit open. So I hear him after I put him to bed, and I was trying to I was trying to sleep myself. I was totally unsuccessful. This is one of those rare shows where I'm not doing the show on a little sleep. I'm doing the show on no sleep, no sleep. So I'm listening to him not just cry, but, but continually chant for minutes at a time, Daddy, hold you. That, that's what he says when he wants to be held. He says, Daddy, hold you. So he's just crying and saying, Daddy, hold you. Daddy, hold you. And I feel so bad ignoring his pleas and, um, you know, when he's calling for me specifically. So... Um, I'm hoping he gets some sleep tonight, and I'm hoping I get some sleep this morning because it's uh, it's an interesting household at our place now. We have my brother-in law who is nocturnal, basically. We have two cats that don't really seem to know one another, and we have a boy who spent the weekend uh, very, very tired. But we had a good weekend overall. We did a lot of driving, a lot of traveling, a lot of social enge- engagements. In fact, my cousin Deanna was over on Friday. I was just telling Gnome Laden this. My cousin Deanna was over on Friday, and she said, you know, sometimes I think I have a busy social calendar, and then I just listen to you and realize I don't. And she and her husband Joe, they say to me, well, you guys have to make up something as to why you have blackout dates. You would have to just say that you're learning Mandarin or something and that you all of your Saturdays are now booked by learning Mandarin and you can't go to anything on, uh, on Saturdays. So uh, we tried that a little bit later where, uh, uh, on Sunday at my dad's and people thought we were, we were serious, which we're not. I think some of my relatives still may think we're being truthful about that. But so anyway, he's getting so good with his speech and he normally is just so well tempered, loves to sing the alphabet song, or for 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 whatever reason though, he tends to leave out the letter O, goes L M N P. And he really likes Ba Ba Black Sheep. And unsolicited, yesterday, or when we were driving back from my dad's, he started singing row, row, row your boat. And then I would sing with him a little bit and and prompt him, but he's very good on his own. With Row, 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 Your Boat. This is him. Listen to this. Marrowly, marrowly life is but a dream. Row, 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 boat's got me. Marrowly, marrowly,
0: marrowly, life
1: is but a Good job. Row, 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 row your boat gently down the stream. Marrowly, marrowly, marrowly. Is but a now, I mean, look, Be- Belafonte's status as a great vocalist is not in danger of being challenged by my son anytime soon. But the kid just turned two. I really do think, in terms of not only you know having words to memory, but also just kind of knowing the the beat of the song and everything, I think he's pretty good. I think that's pretty good for having just turned two. Nose, row, row, row your boat. I think it's pretty good. Um, Hey, I want to thank my my favorite newspaper person, Donna, who is the newspaper story, uh, newspaper carrier that we have, because I get five or six newspapers, that is most deserving of a tip. And yet she is the only person that has not put an envelope asking for a tip in our mailbox. The only one. They they all, all of them, the rest of them have, but Donna has not. And, you know, I talked about this the other day, and she basically said, uh, she left a note. She says, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks for your kind words. I listened to the podcast. I'm not taking your tip. And this is what she said. And I wish every listener had this mentality. This is what she said. I should pay you. That's how much she's enjoying this show. She should pay me. You know what? I think that's the right attitude. If you guys want to send a tip my way, don't just keep it for your doormen and sanitation. I know that's unauthorized, but you could send a tip my way. That's fine. But this is where this is what she says that I do think is important. Please tell your listeners to buy newspapers. People put down newspapers. And then she says, sorry for the loss of your cats. I think that's such a great thing. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy... On Saturday, this Saturday was an exception because we had family plans out online. But on Saturday, to have three or four newspapers to go through and to be able to turn off my phone, to be able to turn off the computer and just slow down a little bit and take a little bit of a break from the digital onslaught of my brain, the electronic onslaught of my brain, and just read the printed word. Is it yesterday's news? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but when you're not having your mobile device buzz every eight seconds with news alerts, you you actually don't mind reading news that m- might be a little outdated by the time it reaches you. And I find that I end up discovering new articles and new stories and new subjects that I wouldn't have seen had I just read these newspapers online. So I'm a big advocate of newspapers, and I really... Would love to see newspapers thrive and succeed. And I would really, I'm a fan of newspapers. So I I will take Donna's warning to heart and tell our listeners to buy newspapers. Now, uh, we're going to take your calls in a moment. 800-848-9222. But uh, there was quite a party here at our uh, radio studio last night. You know, my colleague and friend, Joe Piscopo, he hosts this terrific Ramsey Mazda Sundays with Sinatra show, which is now nationally syndicated. It's a great show. And they did this annual show, and they invite some listeners, they invite some advertisers, uh, some on-air talent. It's a really special thing. It's something like... Out of the nineteen fifties, people wear tuxedos. There's great food. I just tried one of these Pignoli cookies in the in the kitchen there, which is the last thing I need. Pinoli cookie was great, but I'm looking at the stuff that's in the the kitchen area. First of all, it looks like they everybody had a good time. There's half consumed bottles of booze, but I go into the refrigerator just just a few minutes ago, and I see. They have this large container, untouched, mind you, of shrimp cocktail. Now, it's generally understood that unless there's something specifically stating, don't touch the blank, that anything in the kitchen, especially stuff without a name on it, is fair game. Now, yesterday, my wife was going to make shrimp for dinner. And she ended up not buying it because it wasn't on sale, and it was really expensive at the grocery store she went to. It was twenty five dollars per pound. I am wondering, this is unopened, this beautiful thing of shrimp cocktail. I'm wondering, do I have any case to be made of taking this shrimp that's in the refrigerator? There's certainly there's a lot of pizza in there too. There's a pizza surplus. Uh, Matt Blaze, what do you make of that? Do you think I uh, I can I'm in within my privileges here to be able to take some of that shrimp home? You probably could. I don't think anyone's going to say anything. It's, it was The party was last night. Who else is going to eat it? Well, that's my question. Well, maybe they'll put it out for the staff. I don't want to deprive the staff if they're going to take it. I but there's a lot it. of shrimp. There's shrimp enough for ten people there.
0: Yeah, I think you should take some. It's in, the, right. it's in the refrigerator? It is. Yeah. I'm going to have to dig into that.
1: Yeah, well, so, yeah, I won't feel as bad taking it then if it's already dug into. So if you take some, then I can, uh, take, I can some. take some. Did you try one, any of the mini pizza pies that are out there i did not there's whole pies that are untouched
0: (laughs) there's a bunch of food out there i gotta go check out what's happening yeah i didn't you know i was over here most of the time i was doing stuff
1: i looked like a good time a couple of surplus beers i think somehow if i did grab one of those beers people would take issue with that but um but who knows all right 800-848-9222 feel free to comment on anything we've gotten to thus far Um, Next hour, I'm going to be joined by Martha Byrne. She's an Emmy Award-winning actress whose husband was a New York City cop, and he's gotten roped into this criminal prosecution in dealing with China. I think this case is just a travesty, but I'm going to talk to her, get an update on it. I thought for sure this was one of those cases where once it started getting a little exposure on uh, shows like this one, that it would just be done. People would say, oh, no, 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 okay, well, you know, we got to let this guy out of prison. That's a travesty of justice. Well, not out of prison, but end the prosecution. And so far it hasn't happened. So we'll get the latest on this from her. 800-848-9222, 800 848 Gary is in New Hampshire, the live free or die state. Hi, Gary. Hey, I haven't talked to you in some
0: time, Frank. Uh, I don't know if this show is still on because I used to watch this with uh, my buddy's little boy, because now he's 14. Have you ever seen the show Caillou? Caillou? No. Caillou is an animated little boy uh, cartoon where he has proper manners with his parents. And if you looked it up and you saw it with your son, if you could put it either, I don't know, a cell phone, forget about that, uh, on your TV, I don't know if you have contraptions to do it, and dig it up, see if you can dig it up on your uh, computer... Uh, laptop that you got in front of you, and it's called Caillou. It was on for years, and uh, uh, I can't even do the song, but it was, like,
1: opened up, like, growing up, and so talking, Caillou. It was a very <laughs> cute, adorable thing. I guarantee you and your son would love it. That's all I had to tell you. All right, Gary, thank you. You know, I, honestly, I'm trying to expose him to fewer TV shows. You know, there are already several that he really likes. He likes Sesame Street. He likes uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which is sort of an a- animated spin-off of Mister Rogers, and um, he likes. He's just gotten into the show Bluey, which is an Australian cartoon about a uh, about a dog. So those are those are his. He used to like Baby Einstein, but he seems to have grown out of that. So those are his main shows. So I'm I'm trying not to uh, encourage him to watch television. In fact, I think he's already watching a little too much television for for my taste. But um, maybe when we start school in January, which we're planning to do, maybe maybe you know that'll even him out a little bit. David is in the boogie down Bronx. Hi, David. Yes. Uh, good morning. Um, the situation uh, with Trump
0: and so called total presidential immunity. I wanted to talk to you about this because I heard one of your panelists, I believe his name was Dominic, kind of implied that the Supreme Court would say that he does have it. And I know that you're a good governance um, advocate. Do you really believe it's prudent to give any president, I don't care if it's Trump, Biden or whoever, the power to commit crimes while in
1: office and then face no legal consequences whatsoever when they're out of office? Because that is not in the Constitution at all. So I don't know where Dominic or any judge
0: would get that from.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean no. I mean the short answer to your question is no. I don't think that that's uh, that's proven at all and there's also no statute that says a president, even a sitting president, can't be criminally prosecuted. That has been the controlling um, modus operandi since the uh, Watergate investigation of the 70s. But there's no law that says a president can't be prosecuted. I mean, it, it does create right. all sorts of logistical problems if a sitting president who ostensibly is in charge of the Department of Justice would be indirectly supervising his own prosecution. But um, but no, I think absolutely. I, I think it's a great thing when uh, presidents in or, or prime ministers in democratically elected countries are then held to account for their crimes. I mean, if you look at uh, democratic republic after democratic republic, you see uh, leaders being charged. Look, just, the guy that's now the president of Brazil... Three years ago, he was sitting in prison, you know, but that's right. far yeah, from the only oh. exception, right? You have Italy with uh, Berlusconi. Uh, Netanyahu right. hasn't gone to prison yet, but he's in the midst of a, a corruption prosecution. You have, uh, you know, the uh, the former uh, pre- uh, uh, president of France as well, um, Sarkozy. Sarkozy. So Sarkozy. I think, um, you know, I think absolutely everybody, no one's above the law. That's why we don't have a king. Right, exactly, Frank. And I could say one last thing on a lighter note. The um, commendations you made, the boo-boo twins, they're not related to honey boo-boo by any chance, are they? I am not certain, uh, but I will have to research that one. Thank you. 800-848-9222, 800 848 Jay is in the Buckeye State of Ohio. Hello, Jay.
0: Hey, Frank, it's great. It's heartwarming to hear the stories of Carmine and you. Uh, you realize you're paying it forward because Carmine could be taking care of you in your older age. Uh, I've done that with my father, and that's that's one of the reasons I listen to your
1: show. Oh, well, that's nice. That's great. I'm happy to hear that. It sounds like your dad's a lucky guy, too. He was. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. Appreciate that very much. Thank you, sincerely. Um, You know, I just got an SMS text message here from uh, Dom Crispino. He says, it was Richard, not him. He was been wrongfully accused. So there you go. Um you're lucky he doesn't have a law degree anymore, David. You might find yourself on the receiving end of a def- defamation suit. So eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 22 Larry is in Brooklyn. Hi, Larry. Hi, i <clears throat> I don't mean to sound like a theocrat, okay? It's the last thing I want to sound sure. like, but but one of your commendations was deeply disturbing and I think you may have transgressed, actually. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, when you you, you, you commented somebody who seems like all he did was die, uh, and, and then the reason that he died, the 58-year-old guy on Howard Stern, and it seems like there was a reason why, a spiritual reason why he may have uh, passed, that he did something wrong, and you commented, and you commended him. Well, look, um, uh, here here's someone... That, um, well, first of all, just understand the, the point of commendations, Larry. It's, it's really just to give me an opportunity to talk about stuff that I don't have any other place in the show to put it. Um, and, you know, this is someone in the case of Ralph Sorella that um, basically he brought me so much joy and really made yeah. the listening experience for not only me but literally millions of other radio listeners so much more robust and fulfilling. I thought uh, I would, um, you know, I would, uh, the least I could do was give him a commendation when he passes. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, he may have, um, he may have praised him. He may have done something wrong, like you said, he judged women, uh, something like that. That's that could have been the reason why he passed early in life. Yeah, I, I, I'm betting it was more the lymphoma. I uh I, don't, I can't say with certitude, but you know, I don't I don't think so. No, I mean uh I'm not uh I don't think so. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 848 Uh those of you that are holding, I'll get to you in a minute. This is the other side of midnight. Straight ahead. The
0: other side of midnight. Deny Light one candle for the terrible sacrifice, justice and freedom to man But night one candle for the wisdom to know when the peacemaker's
1: time is at hand Don't let the light go out Slash it for so many. Peter, Paul, and Mary singing a so nice, okay, nice Hanukkah nice, like song. I love it. it I, I, speaking of people that have passed away Uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention the uh, passing of a terrific actor, uh, Ryan O'Neill. I was a big fan of Ryan uh, O'Neill, not as a person, honestly, but as an actor. I love Barry Lyndon, a great Stanley Kubrick film, Barry Lyndon, but my favorite Ryan O'Neill film by far is not Love Story, It is 100% Paper Moon, where he co-stars opposite his real-life daughter, the very young Tatum O'Neal.
0: It ain't as if you was my pa, that'd be different. Well, I
1: ain't your pa, so just get that out of your head. I don't know. It ain't possible.
0: And I want my tuna dollars. All
1: right. I got the same jaw, but same jaw don't mean same blood.
0: I know a woman looks like a bullfrog, but that don't mean she's the damn thing's mother. You met my mom in a bar room. For God's sakes, child. You think everybody gets met in a bar room gets a baby? It's possible. Anything is possible, but possible don't make it true. And I want my money. Will you quiet down? You know what the trouble is with you? You've got no appreciation. All right. Maybe I did get a little money from that man, and you're entitled to that. But I'm entitled to my share for getting it for you, ain't I? Now, where do you think you'd be without me? Think them folks would spend a penny to send you east? No, sir. But who got you a ticket to St. Joe? Who got you a knee-high in a Coney Island?
1: And threw in $20 extra, not to mention 85 cents for that telegram. You wouldn't have had any of that without me. Now, I didn't have to take you, but I took you, didn't I? All right, I think that's fair enough. We're both a little better off. and we get to St. Joe, I get myself a little better car. Fair is fair. Now, break your knee high and eat your Coney Island.
0: I want my
1: $200. <laughs> How great is Tatum O'Neill? Uh, I love that picture. I, I could watch it over and over again. The chemistry between the two of them is incredible. And uh, Ryan O'Neill is an interesting guy. For starters, he—I can never tell when a man is handsome. He is someone even I, who have almost male facial blindness, even I could tell him that was a handsome man. He uh, was actually a, a boxer before he got into acting. He competed in two Glo- Golden Gloves championships. In the 1950s and uh, did pretty well. He had an amateur boxing record of 18 wins and four losses with three knockouts. So he was an incredible performer. He was a very troubled guy. I mean, he's been very open about this. Had a lot of difficulties with um, drugs and alcohol over the years. And had a very difficult relationship with um, at at least three of his children. Probably all four, though. And he obviously was uh, romantically linked to Farrah Fawcett for some time. And and I'll never forget, the the most disturbing story that I ever heard about Ryan O'Neill. And I can't imagine as a father, you know, as bad of a father as I might be at times and as many mistakes as I might make. I can't ever imagine being so estranged from my child That I wouldn't recognize them. And there was a terrible story that at Farrah Fawcett's funeral, his daughter, Tatum O'Neill, came over to him and started talking to him. And Ryan O'Neill didn't recognize her. Literally did not recognize his own daughter. What's worse, he started to flirt with her. He basically started to hit on her at his ex-girlfriend's funeral. And didn't recognize his own daughter, which I thought was, to me, just ridiculous. So, and and his other son, uh, Griffin, is I think similarly troubled. But with Ryan O'Neill as a father, that uh, it's not a total surprise. In uh, 2007, he actually shot at his son Griffin. He was arrested for that. He said it was self-defense. The charges were dropped. But he still wouldn't let his son Griffin attend Farrah Fawcett's funeral after she died. So, uh, look, people are complicated. And uh, my you know my favorite expression, the one I l- live by, is you can always find a reason not to like somebody. But uh, y- you have to make an effort to look for the reasons to like someone. I don't know what Ryan O'Neill was like on a personal level. His son Patrick put out a very... Uh, solemn statement after his passing but i know ryan o'neill's work was just extraordinary as an actor i think i don't want to say he was that without pierre he was immensely talented immensely talented as an actor and i'm grateful that he had those gifts that he was so willing to share with the public so uh only 82 only 82 he'd had a lot of health issues I'm sure a lot of that was tied to the kind of difficult lifestyle that he led with himself, meaning drugs and alcohol and things of that nature, but he's battled cancer and a bunch of other things. Apparently he been in poor health for some time, so I'm glad he's not suffering anymore, but 82, still very young. All right, until next hour, your influence counts. You did.